What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. We have a really great guest today. We got the man, the legend, Andy Herman. All right, one of the the starters of Packer Podcast, one of the best do. But real quick, I want to talk to you about Quick Trip. All right, go to the Quick Trip Rewards app, scratch daily in the in the Rewards app account for a chance to win a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Earn extra entries to play when you buy future Coca-Cola products and take home meals with the Quick Rewards app. Just like when they gave away the Corvette, you go on the app every day, scratch away, and you could win uh, a Corvette. But anyways, let's get on. Let me just, I'm, I'm trying some new stuff here, people. All right, we're in this thing. What is up, Mr. Andy Herman? Hey, how's it going? I appreciate you tuning in. I, I got you a little uh, graphic right here. We're going to... Yeah, where is it? Oh no, this ain't the one. I'm gonna ask you about that later, though. This is a professional show. We got uh the owner of Pack a Day Podcast. Also, he's a food expert. Anybody who follows my Twitter absolutely knows this. But uh, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to to talk to me tonight. Uh, how how you been, man? I've been great. Uh, I wish we were previewing the a Packers Super Bowl right now. That would certainly be a heck of a lot more fun. But you know, outside of that whole thing, it, it's going amazing. How have you been? <laughs> I have. I, I I mean, pretty much the same. Like I've been good, except for that part of it, because I felt so much like the Packers would have been in the Super Bowl, or, or at least like been in one more game to uh, have a chance for that spot. But it, it's not meant to be. Like, and it, that's like what, what hurts. Like, I think with the, these last two years, I think both those years, I felt that they were good enough, if not best team to get there didn't happen sad faces for everybody <laughs> yeah yeah that's the frustrating part is they had the team to do it and i think you know i i posted just a, a random poll on twitter a, a couple or you know maybe a week ago just say you know who would you most blame you know the front office and the gm the players the coaches like you know wh where would you place blame and i think it'd be really difficult to, to put blame on the front office and yeah maybe you could get grab a, a couple additional special teams guys or things like that but just felt like they had every piece that they needed to be successful this season they played three they would have had to play three teams in the 49ers the rams and the Bengals that they all faced in the regular season and all beat in the regular season it felt like everything was ahead of them and uh, couldn't get the job done, which I think makes it that much more frustrating. Yeah, I, I think if if you told everybody that the Packers, only all they have to do is beat three teams that they already beat to go to the Super Bowl, people would have been jacked. I mean, I think any fan base would be like, yeah, that's what I want. I mean, I get that playing uh, beating a team twice sometimes is difficult, especially like in the division, like, you know, when you get the like wild card and uh, whatever, you end up having to play a team that you already beat, but I, I, I think the, I was like, hopeful. like I, I was like, you know, I'm a pretty cocky Packer fan to begin with. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was very, I was, I was extremely hopeful, but I, one thing I, I want to ask you about, cause that one thing I, I think is good about having you on and uh, certain people, is people ask me questions all the time and I never know the answers. Cause <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but, uh, we got ourselves a new special teams uh, coordinator, and I I know that a lot of people are very high on him. A lot of I, like I I know he's good, but like I don't know a, a ton about him. I just know that everyone says he's good, and uh, I was glad they got him. But like I'm not like because like I know like I've but you know what I mean like so you obviously probably know a little bit more about him than I do. So can you kind of fill everyone in like uh, just why everyone's saying how great he is? 
Yeah. So I think there's a couple of different things, right? I think first of all, comes leadership and experience. I think when you have, you know, 20 years of special teams experience, I think that's going to certainly help you navigate a situation where Green Bay's in right now, where, listen, it's been basically 20 years of ineptitude in special teams. And when you have to have somebody come in and sort of not only make, you know, try to make your special teams better, but completely change the culture. I think this is exactly the type of guy that you want. I, I just look at last year, what he did as head coach of the Raiders. They make, they have to make a coaching change mid season because of all the Gruden stuff that happens. You have the Henry Ruggs incident. Um, everything's not looking great. You're in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and an AFC that ended up being much better with Joe Burrow's Bengals and Josh Allen's Bills and uh, the Patriots with Mac Jones that all of a sudden looked a lot better than I think it, it did to a lot of people preseason. And yet somehow he took that team to the playoffs, I think, despite a lot of odds. And I think it's, you know, that situation shows that he knows how to overcome adversity and overcome really a crappy situation and still be successful. Um, and the fact that he, you know, he's done that is hopefully a great sign for what he can do with the with the Packers and their special teams that again is is basically been inept and you can't you can't point at anything on special teams Matt and say yeah Green Bay does a pretty good job of that it's all <laughs> it's all a nightmare right now um, I, I equated this a little bit on Twitter yesterday to to when when Green Bay got Jerry Gray as defensive backs coach it, it maybe isn't something that overnight you immediately realize and like all of a sudden you're like wow this has made a huge impact and then all of a sudden you're playing an NFC champion or an NFC divisional round game. And Jair Alexander is, you know, is in there and Eric Stokes is in there. Two guys that he has been very, you know, much a, a mentor for and has, has helped bring out their skills. I think Jerry Gray was instrumental in getting Rizul Douglas to play at his highest level that he's ever played at. And all of a sudden you've got a defensive backfield that looks pretty darn good. I think if, if uh, you know, Basashia can do something similar to the special teams that Jerry Gray did with the defensive backs, I think you're in a pretty good spot. So like the hire, I think he brings a lot of leadership. I think he's going to motivate the special teams, get the most out of them. But this is, this is step one to trying to fix a special teams that's been abysmal. It doesn't just end with, you know, putting a new chef in the kitchen. You have to get him new ingredients. You have to have a new philosophy. You have to have a new design. And that's what's going to be the next step after getting him in as a, a new coordinator. Yeah, because, like, obviously, he, a lot of people thought he should have been the next head coach of the Raiders. Uh, a lot of people think he has. I, I, I think eventually he probably will get the head coaching uh, option or whatever. He'll probably get hired eventually as a head coach. So I'm not sure how long the Packers are going to have him for. But uh, I, I absolutely agree. Like, I think it's about a culture. Like, like a, a lot of teams, like you have like these trash teams that like are just losing, like like the Lions type of teams, and they that's what it is to like make a, a winning a culture. Like you have to teach them like how to win. I, the Packers are winning, but that special teams I think needs like a a little culture change. Like I say, it, it's not just who's uh, coordinating them. They obviously need uh some guys to get in there and do it. But they, I, I think there's a big culture change that needs to be like i I, remember, I, I was saying this the other day when devin hester because like i think it was uh the anniversary of devin had a lot of people talk about devin hester lately but when devin hester was returning kicks they used to always say it wasn't just devin hester like everyone knew this guy could take the house anytime so everyone was blocking for him i think the same probably desmond howard back in the day they knew that they had a guy behind him that could do it so we better block you know get it right. I think, I think that has a lot to do with it. It's not just returning kicks. Obviously it's blocking to make sure punts ain't blocked <laughs> and all, all, all those things. But yeah, I, I think it's a big culture change, but I, uh, I like to hire. 
Yeah, no, I do too. And no, I agree with you. It's going to take, like I said, it's going to take more than just a new special teams coach. I think you have to look at how much time they spend practicing special teams. I think you have to look at, are you going to play your starters more on special teams, which Rich Basashia did more than any other team that was in the playoffs this year and how he played starters on special teams. I think that's going to be something they have to take a look at. I think you need to keep and retain guys that are core special teams guys. For example, all these guys weren't big names at the time. Anthony Levine had like a decade long career for the Ravens as a special teams guy. You know where he started off with the Packers, Chris Banjo spent about a decade as a special team specialist, mostly with the saints, some with the Cardinals, you know, where he started off in green Bay. They got to retain those type of guys when they get them in the door and make sure that, you know, yeah, on the surface, you know, who was really upset about cutting Chris Banjo or Anthony Levine at the time, but those two have been core special teams players for the better half of over the last decade, which is crazy to think about. It's when, when people think special teams, immediately they think long snapper, they think punter, they think kicker, but it's so much more than that. And Green Bay is going to have to find a couple of core guys that they have that can not only be, you know, on, on special teams consistently, but be difference makers and be guys that are like motivated. Like that's their job. You know, and maybe you can say like an Isaiah McDuffie or a Ty Summers, a couple of those guys here and there. But again, th those are guys that are still trying to battle to make their way up the linebacker. I want guys in the special teams that are there for special teams. They know that's their job. They are geeked about it. They know that if they can figure out special teams, they can make themselves a decade long career as a, uh, you know, dedicated specialist. I think Green Bay needs a couple of guys like that, that, that want to be out there and not just, you know, uh, no offense to Ty Lancaster, but a guy who's just barely putting his arm out to block a kick in a playoff game. Not just a, you know, a, a long snapper and Henry Black, who probably isn't covering uh, behind his long snapper when he's getting bull rushed by Jordan uh, Willis in, in the biggest play of the Packers season. Like you have to have guys that are dedicated to it. And that's going to take, like you said, a, a full culture change. Yeah. I, I, I think it's like absolutely wild. Like, like how it all went down. Like the defense played so good. Like, in that game, the defense like did their job. People can say what they want about the offense, but like if the special teams just does just plays just doesn't allow blocks, then it's like a whole different thing. So like I I think it's wild that we're even talking like this. Everyone's gonna talk about the, this whole offseason it is special teams because we're just you know, and nobody really looks at special teams that closely. You you're either really good at it or you're really bad, and like everything in the middle, no one really talks a whole ton about it. And he, let me let me read you this because I, I think this is super interesting, right? So these are the players who played the most special team snaps for the Packers this past season. You stop me when you get to a name that you you like trust out there, like just in any situation, right? Like take special teams out of it. Would you? How much would you want these guys on the field? Period, right? Oren Burks, Henry Black, Isaac Yadam, Ty Summers, Tyler Davis, Shamar Jean Charles, Isaiah McDuffie. Tyler Lancaster, TJ Slayton, uh, and of course, Crosby and Bajorquez, Josiah DeGuara, Dean Lowry, 13, 13 is Dean Lowry. That's like when you first get to a player where you're like, yeah. all right, I kind of trust him out on the field. Malik Taylor, Chris Barnes, Dominique Daphne, Amari Rogers, EQ, Jonathan Garvin, number 20 on the list, you get to AJ Dillon. You're like, okay, I trust AJ Dillon a little bit. Number 21 is Razul Douglas. So you've got 21 guys in that have been your the players who have played the most special teams. And maybe you feel pretty good about Dean Lowry, AJ Dillon, and Razul Douglas, who, by the way, played like a total of like 
240 snaps combined of the three of them. That's You just can't go out there. I don't care if you want to run an offense, a defense, a special teams, a five-on-five basketball league, a celebrity softball challenge. If those are your 18 guys that you're going in with, you're not going to win very much. And that regardless of who is that coordinator, they didn't have the pieces out there to succeed. You know, Mo Drayton to, you know, he didn't do better. And there's a reason that he's gone. In fact, his team did worse than the special teams did a year ago when they fired the last guy. Um, but it's not like they gave him a ton of great ingredients to work with either. Yeah. They, a lot of these special teams, like even Packer teams in the past, like there was just guys that were just special teams, like you mentioned. And they were just like, like you, you, you've seen them out there just like firing down, like w- w- whether they're a gunner or whatever, but like they were just special team guys, but they were out there just, you know, given like a hundred percent effort, like, and people talked about him, but uh, but yeah, but let's move off of the special teams because it's it's making me sad. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but uh, big shout out to Alex Jeff over here in the comments. All right, so I I, I got to ask you the the question that, uh, of the off season besides special teams about Aaron Rodgers. I actually had Alex Jeff on uh last week and uh, talked to him about it, but. First of all, do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Green Bay Packer next season? Like your gut, like your uh, opinion right now? Yeah, you ask me right now, my answer is yes. You ask me tomorrow, four days ago, six weeks from now, I have no freaking clue. It could be something totally different. Um, But as I sit here right now talking to you, I do. Um, I think there's a couple tells on things. The the first is when Matt LaFleur says that everyone in the organization is on board that they want to keep Aaron Rodgers including, and he named everyone, right? He named Mark Murphy, Russ Ball, Brian Gutekunst, and himself. The four key decision makers are all on the same page. And then Mark Murphy doubles down on it and says the same thing. Now, as I've talked about on the podcast on numerous occasions, there's a benefit to them saying that either way. Now, it, it, with them getting that message out there, now if if something else happens, it looks like Rodgers is the guy that wanted the trade or Rodgers is the guy that wanted to – like it looks like Rodgers is the, guy, the bad guy in that situation, right? The optics favor the Packers if they come out immediately and say, we, we all want him back, we're all on the same page, we're all in lockstep, and they double down on that. I think there's an advantage to doing that no matter what. But based on them doing it twice and you know, using that same verbiage that everyone's on the same page, I, I, I tend to at this moment – and again – I'm, you know, very easily could change my mind in, you know, 10 minutes from now. But um, as of this moment, I I take them at their word. I think they legitimately want Aaron Rodgers back as quarterback of the Packers. From Aaron Rodgers' standpoint, I think he's had a couple tells as well. I think he's basically said from the beginning that he's wanted that all-in sort of feel from Green Bay, that they are, that everyone's on the same page, that they want him back. Um, that they, you know, are, are not going to have this rebuild and, you know, go to Jordan. Like he wants that assurance. I think so far they've given him that in the fact that they want him back and saying that I think now is going to be the actions. I think we'll tell pretty soon if Green Bay starts mortgaging a ton from the future, they need to do some, some of it no matter what. But if they start clearing massive amounts of salary cap space so that they can keep the majority of their team together and add some, you know, potentially even some more pieces to the puzzle, um, I think that's going to be a tell that they're doing everything they can to go all in to impress Aaron Rodgers and make sure that he wants to come back. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, I think Rodgers has been very clear in the fact that if the Packers are all in and not rebuilding and they want him here, um, that he wants to continue to play. I think he's basically said, hey, as long as I can still play, he wants to, to play in this league. He's going to win an MVP for the fourth time this season. So 
I would be shocked if he retired because again, based on everything that he's told us up to this point, to me, the, the playbook is out there of what he's wanted uh, in, or what would need to happen for him to retire. And I don't think any of those things are out there. So now it's just, does Green Bay show enough that, hey, they can keep this team together? I think what happens with Devontae Adams is a really key piece in this. And if Green Bay feels that they can keep him around uh, to tag team with Aaron Rodgers, then if not, does Rodgers feel comfortable that Green Bay has enough pieces uh, to win it all? And would he want to go to a different team if not? So that's where I'm at right now. But to, if, uh, if answering today, I'm leaning that I do think he's going to be back. Yeah, and that's basically exactly what I mean. Not a lot of that because that's a lot smarter than a lot of the, what I say. But like I, I've been saying, like, like it, it's like day to day because Aaron Rodgers hasn't said anything, done anything for me to like believe that he just wants out and he's not happy. Like he, he's been saying all things on McAfee, saying he has a good relationship and like they're all you know happy go lucky. You know they're over there having good times like during the season. And the Packers are saying that that they want him back. So obviously there's like cap situations and there's a lot of uh, numbers that are going to be involved. And like, if they can get Devonte Adams, like, is it like, is it for sure? Like if Devonte Adams isn't there, is he, you know, does he want to be there? And I, I think he knows like he can win without Devonte Adams and, and then Devonte Adams, first of all, like I've seen a, so many comments, people thinking like Devonte Adams is like a part of like Aaron Rodgers made him like Devonte Adams is a good wide receiver and he'll be a good wide receiver no matter if I'm throwing the football, maybe not that <laughs> because he, it wouldn't be near him, but you know, D D Devonte Adams, wherever he goes, I, I believe that Devonte Adams wants to be successful. So I don't think he's just going to go for all the money and, and go to like a, a team with no quarterback. But uh, I, I do believe he wants money and I, I would too. You never know like what happens. So I don't blame players for that, but uh, it'll be interesting. Like if Rogers comes back, if, if Devonte will be able to come back and how many players are able to come back. I know that, like the cap is a real thing. It's way above my head, but the, there's a lot of smart people who say that, you know, that they can uh, twerk the things that they, they, they can get it worked out. Do you think that, uh, it, it, is it possible to get Rogers and Devante and not like butcher this team at the same time? Yeah, they're going to have to do a lot of borrowing from the future and they're going to have to make some difficult decisions. They're going to need to make some other restructures. And again, they're going to have to do a lot of that stuff, no matter what. Um, they're, they're not in a great spot. They're in a workable spot. You know, a lot of it depends on the contracts that Rogers and Adams want, um, dependent, you know, which, which would make the, some of the choices harder as to like who they need to release and things like that. And I think it's going to be difficult for Aaron too, because what he has to realize is if he and Devante are back, a lot of the cuts would be the guys that he likes Randall okay. Cobb, Billy Turner, uh, you know, th those type of Mercedes Lewis, Mason Crosby. Um, th those are a lot of guys that he's very close with and, and I'm sure wants on the team. Now it's possible that Green Bay could release those players and they sign back on minimum deals or things like that. Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, maybe being the two that would make sense there. Um, but there's no guarantee in that. And then in that situation, you're almost saying like, Hey, because we want max money, you know, then those guys are going to have to take less. It's just a really awkward situation. Right? So, uh, there's ways to do it. There's there's absolutely ways that they can get Devontae and Rodgers back and not butcher the team, you know, so aggressively that it doesn't matter, right? But there's going to have to be very difficult decisions. And there's going to be players that I promise you, every single person that's listening to this doesn't want to see gone that will be gone. Um, but that doesn't mean that they can't be ultra competitive and, and win a Super Bowl. Um, you probably need a good draft. You probably need a couple 
more Brian Gutekind specials like a, another, you know, Razul Douglas or Devondre Campbell find in free agency. Uh, but that's not out of the realm of possibility. And the other thing I'll always say too is, you know, I would make a strong argument that the 2010 team that won the Super Bowl has not been Aaron Rodgers' best team, you know, but they won the Super Bowl. Just because this team's a little bit, you know, this team upcoming might be worse than the last, you know, the last two seasons doesn't mean that that's not the team that wins the Super Bowl, you know, so it's, it's a different journey every year. Aaron Rodgers talks about that all the time. The players are different. The pieces are different. The time that you get hot, you know, and getting hot at the right time matters a ton. We've seen that with Cincinnati. We've seen that with the, the Rams, even this season, you don't have to go back further than that. We saw that with the Packers in 2010. So just because they maybe lose some pieces and maybe aren't quite as good of a team doesn't mean that that can't be the team that wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I actually totally agree with that. Cause a lot of the teams that win the Super Bowl aren't considered the best team in the league that whole year. I mean, you, you, there's so many teams you can look at the Packers and uh, 45, those Giants teams. Like a, a lot of these teams, like no one would have thought, you know, if the Bengals end up, ended up uh, winning the Super Bowl, nobody, you know, which I, I, I'm rooting for them. And I think that I, I, I think that, that they definitely have a shot. But like if, if they won a Super Bowl, no one was saying at the beginning of the year the Bengals are winning the Super Bowl. The Rams were all in. So like some people, kind of thinking that but like mid-season i'm not sure a lot of people were so sure about the rams with the nfl like you don't have to be the all-out best you don't have to have the best roster and like all all these shiny pieces like if, if if you get hot at the right time just like herm edwards used to say just get a shot at at the tournament and uh see what happens so yeah, yeah. if they can keep a, a core piece of this together i think uh i'm happy but uh let's talk about the super real quick i i, I don't want to keep you too long and i got to I got a few more for you. Uh, yeah. So do you have a pick for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I struggle with this one. I think it's a really fun matchup. I, I believe that the Rams are the better team. I think the Bengals feel like the team of destiny. So my heart wants the Bengals. I think that's a more fun story. I do feel like they are a team of destiny. I think Joe Burrow is the better quarterback, and that goes a long ways. So definitely think that they have every legitimate shot to win this game. I just think the Rams are playing a little bit better. I think the 49ers game, I, I think they they didn't play great in that game. I think leading up to that, uh, they played two pretty darn good football games. And I think if, if they play like they did in, in those first couple, I think they're going to be really difficult to beat. Um, and I think the Rams just seem to be peaking and hitting their stride at really in all phases at exactly the right time. So I lean Rams in this one, but man, heart, heart wants the Bengals, head says the Rams. I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. Yeah, I, I'm I'm like exactly the same way, except for my heart overtakes my brain. So like <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm picking the Bengals, but uh, you know I I I, I like Stafford. I I think if if the Rams win, that would be a good story. Stafford, you know, w was stuck on the Lions, basically in prison for so many years, gets out and then and wins the whole thing. But besides him, like the I I want the Bengals. I I like the small market, small team. Bengals fans have been through so much; they haven't won anything in forever and uh i think it's a great story then joe burrow he's just like the coolest guy like i don't i don't know how anyone you know i i, I just think that besides me and you he's probably one of the coolest people <laughs> to ever go. a lot of his style from you and i which is i think yeah. what makes him so appealing you know so i think that's that's a big piece of it yeah and he he, he must follow us and uh secretly <laughs> all right so uh i want to get because you are known as the 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 great food critic and uh i i think me and you are a lot this way because i eat like a toddler so i i have to ask you i'm not sure that I, I know that in the past when i've had you on we've had uh 
some food talks or whatever. I don't remember what we talked about because it doesn't really stick out. But what are your top five favorite foods? Like if 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 you were like on a on an island stuck forever, yeah. what would be the top five foods? Like if 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 you can bring five meals and that's what we got to eat forever, what are you picking? Yeah, I think number one is clearly pizza, so we can easily start there. Uh, number two is going to be cheeseburgers, of course. Number three is going to be tacos. Number four, um, I'm a real big scrambled egg guy. So like scrambled egg toast, you know, uh, butter, you know, just kind of that whole sort of thing. Um, so that's probably has to be on there as well. And then number five is just going to be, you know, some form of really good sandwich, you know, whether it be, you know, your favorite sandwich shop, you know, something like that, just like a really, really good sandwich would have to be in the top five as well. I'm certainly negating some things. A really good steak is phenomenal. I could eat cereal for literally ever. So I'm, I'm definitely leaving a couple of key items off the Andy Herman food list here. But I think those, if, if I was limited to five, I think those would be my five. I think that if me and you were together, I'd be all right because I'm a very picky eater. But you'd have to throw in some macaroni and cheese in that list. Sure. For me to, mac and cheese. Yeah. For, for me to get on board and be stuck on the island with you. But uh, I'm going to let you go. I, I I appreciate your time. Everyone, be sure to check out Pack-A-Day Podcast. He does a, not just him, but he has a great group of people that they do a podcast every single day, 365, 7, whatever, all those things, all those numbers. <laughs> but uh, you do a great job. Also on YouTube, Pack-A-Day Podcast, he does a video every single day, breaking down stuff, talking to smart stuff about football. And uh, you, do a, you do a great job. You're a great part of Twitter. You're a great part of all the – of the Packer community and you're awesome. Hey, I appreciate that greatly. Happy to do this anytime. You're killing it as well. So keep up the amazing work and let's do this again soon. Yeah, sounds good, man. Have, have a good night. You bet. See you guys. All right. So uh that was Andy Herman from Packaday Podcast, one of the smarter people talking about Packers football all across the land. You could check them out. Like I said, Packaday Podcast is on YouTube, uh on, on Spotify, on Apple, on all the places that you listen to Packers podcast. Appreciate y'all tuning in. It's always great to talk to good people, talk to smart people every now and again. You know what I mean? Go pack, go people. Have a good night. And uh, w- w- unless you're listening to this tomorrow, have a good day. Good morning. You know what I mean? Big shots, quick, just spot the show. Let's go, go pack.